while I'm thinking of these things uh, for the morning, you know, my plumbing is just so bad. Well, of course, yours is a good plumbing here, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, just don't worry about it. You know, everything will be fine. Just been bound up lately. It's 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 driving me crazy. I've been eating a lot of cheese for some reason. I don't know what it is. I got a craving for this stuff. I think maybe that's an allergy or something. Yeah. I don't know. I can't get enough cheese. I feel like a big mouse. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. I'm your host Jordan, the bloke trying to be known as the film fella online, and as always, I'm of course joined by the UK's number one competitive eater of food, of course. It's my co-host, Bin Mitch Food! In the woods of the Backstreet Boys, oh my god, we're back again. Yeah, well, it's been like, uh, for us, it's been like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for some reason, if you, if you, you know, if this pops up and you haven't listened to episode 12, or this is your first time listening to us, hi, thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, we're, we're doing this back to back. So this is part two of sort of like a double bill episode, but they're not related. The last film was completely different to this film that we've chosen to do. Um, and if it sounds like we're flagging or if it sounds like Beard's about to pass out, it's because he's not really eating all day because it's one of his days from eating. And uh, we've, we've just been locked in Beard HQ, bashing them out, the, the podcast, that is not, not anything else. Um <laughs> It, it might go off the rails a little bit just because uh, we might end up going a bit delirious. So we do apologize. Um, so technically at the time of this episode being released, if um, if you are one of our avid followers, and again, thank you. We, we appreciate you. Um, we, thanks, for, thanks for being avid. Appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you, you will have had episode 12, The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. Um, you'll have had a week off because it will have coincided with my week off from work. And also Beard will be traversing his way around Toronto, um, you know, still jollying it about around Toronto, about. Traversing? I hope I'm not going to be doing much of that. It's, it's going to be mostly by... <laughs> Minimal movement. By, by vehicle, yeah. But um, yeah, I'll be a, I'll be a boot, eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Don't be offended if you're from Canada. Yeah, yeah, sorry. If, you, if you're Canadian, we're, you know, we're too blokes from Yorkshire you could probably like try and mimic us we don't mind (laughs) um so yeah he's um in Canada at the time not the time of recording just to get that clear he sat right next to me at the moment we're recording these in advance of of when he goes to Canada on people don't really need to know this you know I mean I don't don't know I'm just 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 filling the filling the space but um we decided that because of that and if you don't read the episodes when you click on them or you didn't understand the quote um from the beginning the the movie quote we are doing a giant, quite both literally and in the sort of like the metaphorical sense of Canadian comedy and acting. Um, it is the late great John Candy in Uncle Buck. Yeah, indeed. So yeah. I, was, I was waiting for Beard to, to to sort of weigh in. And he just stared at me. No, it just took forever for you to say we're doing Uncle Buck. Yeah, Uncle Buck is what we are doing. Uh, a very uh, a very iconic piece of 80s cinema it is indeed it's also uh, one that a lot of people grew up on there fun fact um, again he's going to throw me across the table but this is only the second time of watching for me i i watched this for the first time about three or four months ago um didn't quite rate it as much the first time um and as i explained to beard before we got set up the reason that i didn't rate it is i just wasn't quite paying attention and then it was hard 
to put you're, myself you're, in. You had the phone out. You were you were designing some film fella like, <laughs> movie mouthfuls merch on fucking Teespring or whatever. Yep. Um, and you weren't you weren't enjoying John. I wasn't Candy in the zone. And and with it being um, an iconic sort of eighties film, and it being you know at the time most of my friends that have watched this and probably beard himself when he watched it the first time will have been a lot younger. I couldn't quite put myself in that mindset of being like a kid. I was just looking at it as a twenty eight year old bloke and being like, what is this? But then watching it again for this episode, I was like, this is actually really bloody good. Like, it's actually grown on me a lot. So, should we talk about it? Well, I hope so. Unless we're just going to sit in silence for the next <laughs> That That was that minutes. was my nudge-nudge. Should we get on to the general chit-chat stuff? Let's do the general chit-chat stuff. That might be the quickest intro that we've ever had. Five minutes. Whoop, oh, whoop, straight in. It felt good. <laughs> You're flagging, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead here a little bit. <laughs> so, Uncle Buck, 1989, directed by John Hughes. John Hughes of such greats as Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Weird Science, Weird Science, and uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, and uh, Sixteen Candles. Um, oh man, what a, what a bunch of great movies! Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, I mean, The Breakfast Club has got some we semblance should, of food. We should definitely yeah, be it would definitely that, do that at some point. Yeah. Considering the name as well, Ferris Bueller's probably got some food in it as well. If I, Heart back and trying to remember when I last watched that. Probably great film. Um, yeah, is there oh else you want to say about John Hughes, or should we move on to cast? Um, Have I nailed it there? No, you, I don't know John Hughes films? that well. Um, I don't know his, his Starbucks order or anything. I don't have any trivia about him. Uh, so yeah, let's <laughs> he move probably on gets to the like cast. Hughesy written on his cup or something like that. I'm imagining <laughs> Hughesy was here. <laughs> uh, cast. So you've got John Candy as Uncle Buck. The late great, as you said. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. Just like in that little pocket of like sort of 80s and 90s, like when when I was growing up, films. Yeah, one of those guys that you'd like, you, when you're a kid, obviously you don't kind of commit film to memory and, no, and stuff do. like that. No, you don't. You just recognise that You recognise people, yeah, and he was a larger than life character in more ways than one. Yeah, it sounded like a great guy. It was a, it was a terrible sort of passing. I, can't, I didn't look into I can't remember. Did he die of like a heart attack or... Something yeah, think, to that effect. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, rest in peace, John. But he's, he's uh, you know, for a lot of people like us 90s and 80s kids, he's part of our childhood. Um, and yeah, he's Canadian, which is why we're doing this episode, because Adam will be in Canada, probably listening to this right now. Hi, Adam, <laughs> if you're listening to it I in the future. I definitely won't be listening to this, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin, um, I believe one of his earliest or first roles... Um, I can't quite remember which, playing Miles Russell. Um, mm. I, bl- I believe that this film set up him being in um, in the following year, being in Home Alone, Yep. based on that one scene where he sat at the letterbox uh, asking for a driver's license before she comes in. He is am- <laughs> he's amazing. This, I mean, like Macaulay Culkin, before we dive super deep into uh, to everything, Macaulay Culkin is just, as a kid, he was such a precocious talent. He's better at acting in this than, yeah. uh, I think it's Gene Kelly who plays the, the oldest... The, the eldest daughter yeah. who gives Buck a hard time. Her acting's a bit wooden, but like next to Macaulay Culkin, who's what, a fucking 15 years younger than her or something. Maybe yeah. not 15, 10 he years younger. He holds his own, doesn't he? He's, he's decent. And like, it's, it's still got that kind of soft sort of woodeny around the edges. Like, he's not quite perfect, but because of that, you almost, it's more believable that he's like this I believe him entirely as, yeah. as, a, as a kid, and like his delivery is is, is really good. They're a lot of them are written gags, right? Yeah. But he's, he's yeah, he's just great. In it. He nails it, and like you've just mentioned, so Gene Louisa 
Kelly as, as Tia, so the older, t- the one that's kind of like, yeah. kind of gone slightly gothic, um, which uh, we can all attest to. <laughs> she's dressed like a fucking beatnik or something. She's been yeah. reading too much uh, Jack Kerouac or something, man. She's got like some weird Van Helsing hat on at some point. It's, yeah, it's an interesting vibe. She's been different, isn't she? She's kind of, yeah. I imagine that she'd probably be listening to the cure. I can imagine like you that. doing that when you were like 14. Like put, you put some kind of blue streaks in your hair or something. And I, did, I dyed my hair, I did all sorts. Yeah, while while you listen to Paramore or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Those days. My chem. <laughs> no. Still do. Never. It's not you saying it like I've grown out of it. No, I always like cool <laughs> music, but you know, whatever. Uh, Gabby Hoffman as Maisie Russell. Um, mm. Amy Magden as uh, Janice Kablowski, who's his, uh, his sort of love interest i guess casual ca- casual girlfriend it's implied she wants more yeah. like clearly she wants man more. i was getting so i watched this with mrs beard you would not believe the fucking death <laughs> stares i was getting when when, <laughs> when she was mentioning like kids to him and commitment and mrs i mean we're engaged but she's looking across at me and i'm just like this looking straight forward to the tv i'm not making eye contact uh elaine bromka is cindy russell who is the uh, mother who's uh, Probably the least likable person in this film. I'm not going to lie. I mean, she's kind of got to be a. She's bro- a cunt. Yeah, yeah. Can we say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't she often can use the C word, but she is. She, yeah, you don't like her it's, in this it's, film. He's acted awfully in the sense that she's awful. It's a bit like it, it, we do hark back to it a lot, but like that burnt episode with Bradley Cooper where they're playing a twat on purpose to an extent, um, but it just becomes the point where you just hate the character regardless of the fact that you are very much aware that that is the role they're supposed to be playing. Um, yeah. yeah, wasn't wasn't her biggest fan. And you've got Garrett M. Brown as Bob Russell, who's the father, who's not really in it that much either. Um, that's it. I, I didn't really delve into the back catalogue of films. You, come on, folks, you know what Macaulay Culkin's been in and what he's been through. And John Candy, we've just mentioned lots of John Hughes films. And, you know, if you've not watched... Uh, Kiss the Lucky Eggman, which we could probably do. And that, that wasn't like... Was uh, that you supposed to be doing Cool Runnings? That was me doing Cool Runnings, yeah. I ain't feel the rhythm, no egg, feel man. the rhyme. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to butcher that too much longer. But yeah, that's a, another fantastic film. I was made to watch that film like about 700 times in primary school. Is like, uh, man, does it? We're going to put the videotape on. <laughs> does it make you kind of get teary eyed when they're carrying the bobsled over the over yeah, the line? It's a great film. All all of it is just fantastic. Like whether you're watching it as a kid or now, like I still cry. It's okay. To well, cry. No, I didn't actually cry. <laughs> I'm saying, I, you know, I got I got a little emotional. You went too far. Oh no, I cried. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's play that fun game that everyone knows us for on the internet. <laughs> that one that's really, really creative and we came up with just on the spot one episode. Uh, it's, it's budget and box office, folks. We still haven't got a jingle because we've recorded this back to back. Yeah, no, well, you did You did one like a cappella last time. I'm not doing it this time. Budget and box office. <laughs> <laughs> you started off like Barry White and then ended off. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Beastie we'll we'll get someone who's actually a professional to do it. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my friend, who's <laughs> not quite professional, but he's good. Anyway, budget. All oh, right, you know, I forgot that's the part where I guess. Yeah, it's your um, turn. It's always your turn. Oh, it's tough because, you know, it's so long ago now. I still think of the 80s as 20 years ago when it's actually fucking 40 years ago. I was negative four when this film came out, just to make you yeah, feel old. 89, I was four. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was, I was getting there, starting to become self-realized. But um, I'm going to say off the bat, through the... Uh, 24, 20, 30 million. 25 million. 20, no, I, I'm going to stick with my original guess, 30 million. Yeah, I'm going to say, I was just about to say, so you doubled it. You went, oh, actually, technically, 
kind kind of by default, right? Because like of marketing, you know, that old yeah, rule yeah, of thumb, yeah. like double the budget is the marketing. Although maybe that wasn't true in the eighties. Maybe it was much less on marketing. Who knows? Um, but it's fifteen million dollars is the uh, the budget box office. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know it's critically well acclaimed, but I don't know how it performed at the time. I think John Candy was a bit of a power back then. Um, so I'm gonna say seventy mil. Ooh, oh God, you're getting good at this. So box office is, um, you know, estimated globally at seventy nine million dollars. Oh, is that the closest I've been yet to a box? I don't yeah. know. We'd have to listen back and figure out. And I haven't done that yet. And we literally just recorded recording one like twenty minutes ago. So, <laughs> um, yeah. That was uh, that was budget and box office, folks. Are you astounded by those that low budget and that felt that it's a, it's, a, it's not a flop. It's a success, I guess, in this sense. For nineteen eighty nine, it's probably a decent I mean, going. I think it, it was number one at one think, point. Yeah, you think about it. it movies are kind of like football players now, right? I was I remember when like thirty million for a football player was vast amounts of money, right? Yeah, back so, in Rio Ferdinand days. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds I was scum, thinking more like Manchester. Robinho when he signed for uh, Man City instead of uh, when he thought he was signing for Man United. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, what I mean is, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to adjust, isn't it? Even for you know inflation and stuff, because the industry's changed so much. But I don't think that's I, I would that does not surprise me much. I wasn't too far off. Yeah, no. even though I was you know one hundred percent off. But in monetary <laughs> terms, what fifty million, thirty million uh, ballpark. Ballpark, ballpark yeah, yeah. Guesstimate. Um, should we do facts? Yeah, there might be some fun ones about Uncle Buck, surely. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, during Miles' interrogation of Uncle Buck, John Candy wrote out the script's dialogue and wore it atop his head so Macaulay Culkin could read the lines more quickly and keep pace of the scenes very fast. That's sneaky. That's because I remember that I was thinking at the time, I was like, that is a... I, I knew it was cut, it's right? Good, it's a quick it? cut, but it is a great little scene. But it's like a, a really quick kind of quick fire interrogation. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it's great. Apparently, his record as well. Um, you know, when he asks him what's your record for consecutive questions, he goes thirty-eight. Yeah, this yeah. is really quickly. It's, um, apparently, I don't know if that was written or whether it was just him saying it, like McCulkin coming up with it on the spot at quite a young age. But he, um, John Candy, was thirty-eight when he was in, doing this film, so. Because yeah, he's playing a thirty-year-old, isn't he? In this film, he plays a forty-year-old and he's thirty-eight, oh, he's... so it's not. Yeah. I thought they say at some point in the film that he's thirty. Shave two years off of him. Uh, just to add as well that that um, IMDb fact that I found uh, has in brackets note that this would be taken off the scene when the camera was set for close-ups of Miles. So basically, they would take the notes off of his head. Like obviously, <laughs> like, <laughs> you just could leave it in there. <laughs> leave it in there. Um, this is quite a, an interesting kind of fact. I, I, I'm not sure where you want to take it, but one night during filming, John Candy went to a bar with music supervisor Tarkin Gotch and spent most of the night meeting people there. The next day, John Hughes heard a caller on radio talk excitedly describing his evening with Candy. Hughes was upset with Candy, and despite Candy's assertion that Buck was supposed to appear dishevelled, Hughes cancelled his scenes for the day and told him to get himself together and get home for some sleep. Wow. She's uh, quite lit. Interesting because John Candy is obviously a larger than life kind of comedic bloke and was supposed to be very, like, quite a nice guy. Like, clearly, by the sounds of it, other than him having a heavy night of drinking, he went and, like, chatted with all just the regular folk down at the bar. And then John Hughes has produced and directed all of these very feel good family films. So I wouldn't expect them to clash like that. That was kind of the thing mm. that I took away from that. That he's, yeah, but if he cracked if- the whip. If John Hughes thinks he's not working, I mean, there's regardless of how daft what it is that you're doing, 
there's some like look at my videos, man. There's some there is there are points in time you got to get the game face on, and when you're setting up and stuff, and make sure everything goes reasonably well for the sake of producing something which in the end is supposed to make people laugh but um i feel like we've kind of gone ahead with the facts without doing the synopsis of the film which might be kind of key good point i mean i'm, I'm all out of interesting facts now which is probably most that was it. to be honest but, but uncle yeah. buck one of the um, most iconic fucking like cult well you start doing the synopsis because i have i have something else that i was going to look at for facts and um, we've got some different facts related to the food scene later as well they're a bit off oh, the yeah, beaten we, track yeah you've got some of those you, you gave me a little tease earlier synopsis on. of uncle buck then hit us with it in case we've you know like me missed it until this point in the life <laughs> right um uncle buck so it's essentially it's a comedy right a situational family comedy um i don't know what rating it got when it was released i would imagine if I, I guess twelve you are a didn't PG. It? There is some nah, sexually PG. explicit references. <laughs> not explicit. They're no, implicit, we don't. Mean. Doyle them. Anyway, yeah, it's um, it's about it's about a kind of a uh, it's essentially it felt feel felt a little bit like a, a life story to me. Like a, I was looking at, I, I don't look like John Candy, but it did feel a, a bit like a biopic because it's about um, a, just a total slacker dude that's supposed to be almost forty, can't really hold down a job. It's implied that he. He has a job, but very rarely turns up to it, and they, for some reason, tolerate that. Um, he lives in an apartment which he doesn't own. It, it's, it's kind of a ply, it implied that he, he doesn't really have his shit together. And what happens at the beginning of the film is the, the family that you were introduced to, including, you know, Macaulay Culkin amidst um, others, um, the parents of that family, um, the, the, the wife, her father, is informed via telephone that... Uh, uh, she sorry, she's informed via telephone call in like the middle of the night that her father's had a heart attack. For some reason, both parents have got to go, leaving the kids in the household. But obviously, they need somebody to watch the kid. And rather than just leave one of the parents behind, which was what I was thinking at the time, they have to try and get something. They want to basically get anyone apart from Buck because he's is this kind of um, unseemly character. The wife, um, the husband's wife. I don't even know what the character's called, um, but the, yeah, the wife. Yeah, the matriarch doesn't really like him much. Um, he's not left a good impression upon her um, in their um, interactions socially. Um, but the, he's the last. He's the last throw of the dice, right? So they get him involved, and he comes to watch the kids. And it's essentially about how um, the uh, the relationship, the, the, the problems that these kids have, um, which maybe you might not necessarily be acutely aware of from the start being part of this family life. How Uncle Buck, he, he looks like a fuck up, but because of his influence, he. Um, you know, he improves the, the quality of these kids' lives, respectively, in some way. I, I would agree with that. I, I think one of my main takeaways from this, which I sort of hinted at on episode 12, if you are a listener who's who's come back for more, <laughs> hi again. Um, I, I mentioned, and you pulled a bit of a face during that episode, that I think that both characters have got like a very good sort of like moral standing. So even though on the surface and based on the matriarch of the family's opinion of Uncle Buck... Actually, everything that he does is morally sound and, um, you know, what you would want a carer to actually do, whether he doesn't know what he's doing half the time and he's a bit like, you know, he doesn't know how to do the washing or whatever, which there's probably people out there that don't know how to do that. Yeah, like Everything me. that he does to do with looking after the kids or getting them through their day to day or actually looking after them and what he should and shouldn't be doing, he has quite a good moral standing. Like he's... Yeah, he's one of those people you see his heart's in the right place. Yeah. Even though he's, yeah, he's not, he's not, um, he's a little bit, um, he's a little bit like this podcast actually. He's kind of cobbled <laughs> together. He's, he's a bit, bit patchwork, but, um, yeah, it, and it's we about. We mean well. <laughs> yeah, we, and yeah, the, the film essentially is about the, the 
comedic it's a comedy right so it's about it gives you some laughs along the way as the the central kind of struggle is between the 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 oldest daughter of the family um who like we mentioned is going through a bit of a she's kind of acting out she hates a mom and stuff at the beginning it's implied i mean i'd hit a mom as well (laughs) yeah fair cop but the mom is just a cow (laughs) 100 unlikable yeah um but uh yeah she's just angry at the world and stuff and um when she doesn't like the idea that books come because she thinks she can supervise the two younger children, Macaulay Culkin and whoever. Yeah. Um, and it's about how he manages to, to kind of help her, if you think about it, where maybe her parents failed. Um, and yeah, that's done through a series of misadventures along the, the way. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect summary. I was going to say, I, I've just delved onto 80skids.com slash 10 things you didn't know about Uncle Buck. <laughs> oh, this sounds like it's 100% so you corroboratable. Might, you might like this fact, um, but yeah, you know, I've given you the source. You can check it out yourselves. But number 18, even though it says 10 things you didn't know about Uncle Buck, <laughs> which is very interesting. They found an additional eight at least. <laughs> the movie actually spawned two ill-fated spin-offs. So... Uncle Buck was so popular that executives created not one but two ill-fated spin-offs. Uh, the first aired from 1990 until 1991 and was created without any guidance from John Hughes. It featured none of the original cast members. In fact, it was so unpopular that John Hughes had no idea it had even been created until producers asked him if they could use some exterior footage from the movie. Um, was it TV shows? Yeah. Uh, James LeShaw also starred in a 2016 update of the movie, but it was cancelled after just one season. Not only this, but there was actually an Indian remake of the film entitled Uncle Bun. Uncle Bun? Uncle Bun, and then the 80s kid website being a bit, like, cheeky of put catchy <laughs> next to it. I mean, he likes his food. He does. There's another fact that I got from this site that's to do with the actual scene that we're going to be talking about, so we'll, we'll uh. leave it there. I couldn't find anything that was particularly to do with that or anything that was particularly interesting so yeah sorry it's a bit bit flat these past two episodes have been hobbled together like i said before so you know no excuse i'll do some digging next time quality not quantity (laughs) (laughs) folks just go on imdb trivia and read them if you want uh, if you've got before we move on to the the food scene of all food scenes in this film is there all else that you want to talk about just in general in this film that you enjoy hotels no i do enjoy the part where he talks about um requiring a plunger because he uh, he's eaten so he's got a, a newfound cheese addiction which has really bunged him up um i could relate to that i've never had to use a plunger um you believe it or not but then i have actually quite powerful plumbing so uh, no no we can we can move on move on i'm gonna say the only other bits of food just for people that are gonna call us out on it well no one ever has done but i know that maybe one day someone might there's not just so, one there's a lot of food in this movie yeah so there's like there's like the the chips as you Americans might call it, so the crisps with the squeezy cheese that she's eating after she's come home from school. The little yeah. girl, or she's eating them. Um, you know, we don't really have. I mean, you can buy squirty cheese here, but it's not very really hard to. I actually tried to get some for a video, and it was really hard to get cheese whiz, like you know the really yeah. kind of vibrant orange, plasticky stuff, glowy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can almost not get that anywhere, but um. Yeah, there's that, and there's the Chinese food. Chinese food, yeah, um, with the sort of debatable use of chopsticks from from some members of the family. Um, the mum seems pretty skilled with them, though. Yeah, to be, but she looks like someone who does a pair of chopsticks somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that's why she's so good with them. Um, but yeah, um, Uncle Buck is having a pie at the diner, um, and he's not getting too excited about uh, going to work with his girlfriend, and then she's on about wanting kids, and he goes, I'll get you a mouse and a piece of sheet metal if you want for the little pit patter of feet. Yeah, that had me rolling, and then... Yeah. 
and yeah. Mrs. Bid conversely not she was looking the at me daggers, just like daggers. Give me a child. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one. <laughs> um what else have we got? Um, I enjoy uh, McCulkin, um the, the way he says balls at one point. He sounds a oh, bit yeah. like a young, very tiny Matthew McConaughey at one point because he's like, the dog's a ball sniffer. And then he co- says it like he just it extentuates the, the A's for ages and he walks away and then he's like trying to figure out what the other word for balls is and just turns around and goes, nuts! Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Um, the bit with the clapper. The clap on clapper scene, the notorious eighties gadgets turn your lights on where he turns on like the full apartment block with the clapper. Yeah, he's got some maybe he's an X Man or something, you know, he's got some mutant <laughs> power and like it's been untapped he's he wires together electrical items. He's he's um trying to quit smoking, so he goes from uh, stopping smoking got a six year plan to go from that to cigars <laughs> to pipes to chewing tobacco, then nicotine gum. Yeah. A six year plan. I mean cigar it surely like goes kinda like backwards a little bit and then to, to where he should be. Yeah, he could cut out some steps there, couldn't he? <laughs> I was thinking the other day, you know, I, 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 I'm going to try to keep the tangents to a minimum this time. But you reckon there's like a, a way to smoke a pipe without it being unhealthy? I don't mean like, I, so is there a way I could just use a, a pipe which is modified in some way so I'm not smoking tobacco? Don't know, but listeners, if you've got away, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, like, I hate vaping. Like, it, it just comes across as totally cheap. If you're a, if you're a vapist, <laughs> oh god, that sounds worse when you say it like that. People you, that use a vape, folks. If, if you vape, I'm, look, I don't get offended. I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I don't like it. But um, if there was a way to do, it, I just like pipes. I think they look really cool. Especially if you have, if you have a beard, very uh, is it, is it ostentatious the, the correct word. Well, you they're over it? the top for sure. Yeah. I just would. I hate smoking though, so I would never want to do it. Um, I, was trying, I was going for another fist bump there after last episode. It's kind of ostentatious. Oh, we get on, a fist I'll, I'll, I'll get bump. There we go. Um, I did the sound effect too, but yeah, maybe I could just get a pipe and just not put anything in it. <laughs> just just look. Just suck on the end like that. Get I'll, you a, t- I'll get you a monocle as well if you want. Yeah, I'll take that idea back to the drawing board and yeah, maybe I'll show up to the next episode. Come back from Canada with a pipe like Christoph Waltz in, um, yeah. in yeah. Inglo- a, massive, a really massive one. Yeah, it looks like a toilet. Throwback to our uh, Inglorious Bastards episode. I think it was episode eight, if you want to check that oh, out. Oh, it was number eight. I know it's, it's the only episode I know because it was the best one, <laughs> by which I mean the only good Apart one. Apart from this one, this one's going to be the, the second or the new best one. Obviously, totally, um, yeah. other other scenes, other food. Before we get to the food scene, so there's the singing at breakfast scene when he's first there, which is a couple of things to take away from this. Not just the food, which we'll discuss in a second, but also McCulkin's "Who are you?" <laughs> like when he comes down the stairs, like "Whoa!" <laughs> like this is a giant man in his kitchen, which is probably how you, if you've never seen John Candy before in your intake, because obviously that's kind of what he's supposed to be emulating, I guess. Um, yeah, he just slides into the kitchen, doesn't he? It's very tiny young boy. He's this giant, giant hulking man. Um, yeah, that that just the delivery of that just blew me away. Yeah. And again, it's like the believability of him just being kind of like a young kid. Um, it's like, holy smokes, he's cooking our garbage as well. <laughs> Which uh, maybe some people sometimes maybe watch your cooking at home challenges where you mash two random foods together and like, oh my god, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. But did, you, did you take uh, any ideas of what his um, his signature speciality breakfast is? I could, I'd be honest, I couldn't really figure it out. Maybe it's weird, isn't it? Maybe it's like, getting bad there's, eyes. There's a giant grapefruit, which I'd be worried if you didn't oh, see that. Oh wait, wait, yeah, no, did you see that? Like, and, and with the omelet. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's an omelet or like scrambled eggs, but he's got like eggs with like mushrooms, and then he mentions that he's put onions in it, and it's like a really burnt slice of toast. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, yeah, nah. 
like um, sorry Uncle Buck I mean some of the other I mean the food scene we're about to talk about looks delicious but the actual uh, the the, the breakfast he makes um, you know, to try and first impressions. He's putting like, as well, it looks like he's putting like Worcestershire sauce in it yeah. and some sort of like mayo. It, like, he's just like throwing things in and having a sing song whilst he's doing it. Uh, yeah. Done. What what are you doing, man? I probably, I'd, I'd, part, I'd partake of it. I'd, I'd you probably, it. we should do the Uncle Buck uh, terrible breakfast challenge. <laughs> yeah. I say we, you, you should do My it. My grandma eats, uh, or I don't know if she still does, um, she used to eat grapefruit for uh, for breakfast now mm. and then. People do, don't they? I think it's I think, fucking horrible. Uh, grapefruit. Well, not horrible. I mean, it's it's if if I were to list fruits, it would be I don't know how many fruits there are in the universe, but it would be I imagine it'd be in the bottom twenty. Wow. Yeah. You're gonna sorry, grapefruit. <laughs> All those people on Weight Watchers would be like, "What? <laughs> grapefruit's how great." How dare you? Um, just some other bits, just in, just to reference any possible food. Cereal out of a box on the sofa. We've all done that at some stage, I think, in in, in our lives. Maybe no, nah, not me. I point. I love cereal, but I I like it's just nothing without milk on it. Yeah, true. Or double I mean, cream as I sometimes I, do in as uh, a, old as videos. A kid, I've eaten like handfuls of cereal. Like he's just eating a box of Frosties in he on the sofa. Yeah, and then uh, the lunch where he goes. Is anybody interested in a possible trade? A lunch trade? Is it like proper like <laughs> matter of fact play? Does uh, McCulkin? And he's got like uh, I didn't really properly see what it was you it can't like. it's, really, it's like yeah. an aubergine uh, like it's either a packet of lard slash butter slash cheese and then like a bottle of milk and some other things like it's just the most eclectic mix of like random shit that you could put in a child's lunchbox it reminded me a little bit that i don't know which came for probably the uncle book yeah it would have been the uncle book thing but there's this episode of the simpsons where uh homer's trying to where, where marge kind of moves away or she goes on holiday or something and he just picks a bunch of shit up from the cupboard and like puts <laughs> it together, and it reminded me a bit of that. Yeah, I have to do like every every so often, just pick a random Simpsons food item from an episode. And yeah, that it, could be a whole other series, man. Yeah, we've, we've said it on TV at the beginning. We'll have to do it at yeah. some point. Um, yeah, that's it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? in general about the film I, I'm a big fan of the we were mentioned it before you know I said first time I watched it I didn't really pick up on some of the adult references but there's the bit where he's trying to fix the washing machine I mean do people not lock the doors in houses anymore because the neighbour just like pops in randomly and then it, you know to be blunt the noises that he's making, what he's saying, uh, wanting to put in a, a big load or something like that into it, which is all like if you're a kid watching it, you would be like, oh, he's clearly talking about the washing machine. But as an adult, she thinks that he's uh, giving someone a rattling in the uh, utility cupboard. Giving someone a rattle. I mean, I, I've i used some odd euphemisms. Oh, yeah, you don't want to say the word sex. Shagging someone in the utility closet. Yeah, but I've never said give someone a rattle. Is that what you say to Abby when you're at home and you, you just sat there watching TV? You're watching like Shang-Chi or one of your new comic book, Black Panther. And That's you, some you, good pronunciation. You, a lot of people say Shang-Chi and I have yeah, well, to correct them. Check I, you out. I'm reasonably eloquent. You put your, I, I'm seeing this now, this scene in my head. You put your hand on a lap. And you say, Can we not take this podcast in that direction? I noticed, uh, Darling, darling, do you fancy a rattling? And then she looks across at you, slaps your plum in the face, and that's you don't get any more rattlings for the next fucking three months. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, I also enjoyed the uh, where he's, uh, he rings her up because he misses um, his, his uh, partner, his girlfriend, his, yeah. uh, you know, the one that's wanting to be more than just his sort of bit on the side. And about um, him naming her dimples on her butt cheeks, Lyndon and Johnson. Yeah. After, that's the president. That's yeah, correct, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then Minnie and Mickey for her boobs. And then uh, we were laughing earlier before recording this about the, uh, about to mention another anatomy part of hers called Felix, but then it cuts to a cat being in the house randomly and you're the meow and he like, chucks the cat out of the house because it's not 
should have should have recorded one of my cats for a. That's that a pretty good meow. I talk to my cats all the time, like in in that their language. I'm, does I'm, not I'm, I'm a lunatic. In the least. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all the. Well, it's not everything. There's loads of amazing scenes in in Uncle Buck, but that's all the bits that I'm willing to talk about. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to add to that? That feels like you just listed a bunch of shit there. I do love the scene. That probably my favorite scene in that film is um, when he meets the. Uh, he's given the responsibility of meeting at what you assume is some kind of like parents parents evening at the school. Yes, yeah, that is great as well. And yeah. um, the it's it's really yeah. Again, you you talked about books moral moral compass or sense of morality in general, and that he goes to uh, the the young uh, the sec- the middle child. I think it's kind of implied. Yeah. Um, who's like six and she's at school and, and he goes to her parents evening or he kind of appraisal and he meets the head teacher who's she's a little bit austere to say the least she's pretty st- strict pretty wooden um and she goes on a bit of a rant saying that um you know the, the, this child will never amount to anything she's a, she's a dreamer she's a silly heart yeah um and she, she's talking about a six-year-old so books is um quite caustically back to her, he says, I don't think I ever want to know a child that isn't a dreamer, that isn't a silly heart, you know? Which talks to, like we were saying before this film, people have grown up watching, so like kids will gravitate to all the slapstick funny stuff in the film when you're growing up, but obviously maybe if you're a bit more like switched on at the, you know, if you were like a six-year-old watching it at the time, so you've seen all the funny bits, but then him like defending, you know, go, go colour outside the lines or like, you yeah. know, be creative or do whatever, which is, a, is, is, is he's, got, he's got a lot of very good messages that he puts out in this film. And I think it's really, really harsh that the, uh, you know, the, the mother-in-law just, just hates him because he, he does a few things that, you know. She hates him because he doesn't conform to what her idea of proper is, right? She's a snob. Like she's yeah. out and out a snob, right? She's, she's, um, she doesn't like the fact that he doesn't live by a defined set of rules. So she would probably have fucking hated me. Like if I, I would be her uncle. But in fact, when we were watching it, Lynn said to me, she was like, that's like the, the, the mother of the family is how my sister-in-law, uh, my, sorry, my brother-in-law reacts to me. <laughs> like he just thinks I'm a fucking loser. He probably wouldn't li- leave me alone with their kid. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but you you relate to book on on that level because he's you know he's 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 still worth something, man. It's, it's not just the fact that he, just because he doesn't want to work behind a desk his whole life. Yeah, um, and he drives a shit car. Um, yeah, the beast, the, apparently, it was called. That was one of my facts that I had down, but I, I didn't bother reading it out. Thought you'd be like, eh. <laughs> right? And I love him punching the clown too. I mean, I would love to punch a clown. That, but so we'll lead into that. So shall we talk right. about the scene? Which I thought you were about to wrap up the fucking I've, podcast. I've, I've kinda, I've kinda, and that's all, folks. No, no, we'll um, we're gonna lead into that um, just to stretch out the uh, the food scene. Stretch. You stretched out the sus. Stretch out. So shall we uh, chuck a chug in there? Oh yeah, I totally forgot the fucking chug. Go on. Love a good chug. Smooth. It was weird. That I was drinking. <laughs> uh, I was drinking at the bottle. Just I was chugging as the chuggy thing came on. So, scene in question: the giant pancake scene. The scene yeah. that every. I mean, I, I wasn't a child when I watched this, but I imagine if I was, I'd be like, "Mom, Dad, I want, I want pancakes." My, my, my parents never made pancakes. Like. Something that I made when I got older. <laughs> well, they never made you pancakes on Pancake Day? No, they made pancakes as in like, you know, over here, we don't really have like the American fluffy pancakes, do we? we have... No, we have more crepes. 
crepes sort of like almost like a flat Yorkshire pudding sort of pancake. But they made you those at least. Oh, well, I had them. Oh, we just God, never, was... yeah, yeah, they're not monsters. I, you, I was going to say what you brought oh, we never, up we never had workhouse. Pan- we never had American like pancakes for breakfast type thing. That was not something that my parents would have ever been like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was imagining your youth was like something from a Charles Dickens novel then. No, my, my parents are great. I know they're not listening, but we'll say it anyway. Your mum's great. Your mum is definitely great. I met her once. <sighs> anyway, giant pancake scene. So I came to this looking, thinking, oh, I bet they've got some really interesting facts about filming Uncle Buck and how they've made this scene. Turns out they didn't. I have watched, um, we've mentioned him many a time, but I have watched uh, Binging with Babish's attempt at making this giant pancake, and the way that they do it is just it's absolutely sensational. The way that they actually make a pancake of such size... I didn't um, know he'd done it. He's not, that's not he's an episode done it, I've seen. Yeah, he's done it. I don't know if it was like, uh, obviously, um, it won't be this, but you know, like when you do like your 100,000 subscriber special. I imagine whatever, it would have been a special, one yeah. It's one of his, I'm sure, but they, they went and I'm pretty sure they built like a, a facility big enough to, to do the pancake. I'm sure it was him. Sure it was. They made a stack. Yeah. It looked amazing. Um, so I thought, I'll find some pancake-related facts and some information regarding this said pancake because... Really, the scene in itself is just a giant pancake. He goes, let's separate the men from the boys. I got you now, as he's trying to, like, wrangle with it, with um, what looks flip- like a snow shovel. He has to flip it with a snow shovel because yeah. it's so big, yeah. And then it's um, it's Macaulay Culkin's character's birthday, so he's, he's made like... It's, again, another sign that this guy does kind of have his shit together when it comes to, like, looking after kids and, like, he would be a great dad and, like, he is a yeah. solid bloke because he's, he's got all the streamers out, he's got all that, and he's made this giant stack, like this picture-perfect stack of giant pancakes. And then the final bit that he says is, you should have seen the toast. I couldn't even get it through the door. Like that, and I was like... <laughs> What a what a sweetheart, what a guy. That then leads on to your drunken clown thing, which we'll come back to. But let's talk pancakes for a bit, because I know. Sure, I love pancakes. Uh, we'll talk about that. Me too. I've got, folks, I mean, I can't really do any kind of like noise, but there's there's a stack of very, very cold pancakes next to me here. And I did bring some maple syrup as well, which is leaked onto the table by the looks of it. Thanks Sorry, for that. Sorry, Beard. Thanks for that. I'll go. <laughs> sticky, sticky table. Um, but yes, pancakes. So the most eaten in eight minutes, the record stands for 113 pancakes from your old pal Matt Stoney. Sounds like Stonebone. He's uh, yeah, that would. Be, I mean, you do. You, you have to get my approval before we start the podcast to mention his. No, I'm joking. He's <laughs> good pal <laughs> he's of dead mine. To me, no, he's like good pal of mine, Matt. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's he's he was a lad man back then when he was we were smashing the the. Uh, the MLE scene. Syrup on these pancakes. Got to have authenticity and eat pancakes. What, what do I just pancakes? do? Like a biography of Matt Stoney while you're doing that or something? Yeah, you, you can explain the, the, the record. How do you reckon he no, manages like, out? Would you, do you think you could challenge that? Do you think that that's no, quite he would, a... No, he would have blasted me on that. They were little silver dollar ones or like the ones that you've got there. Yeah, so I've got like a little Americanized pancake. This is the maple syrup lid, just if you don't believe me. I, I could take pictures, but like you don't want to see it. Is, normally he cheaps out, but this is, is actual real maple syrup. It's not oh, yeah. like some kind of awful treacle. Yeah. Um, Oops, I'm spilling it everywhere. Sorry, mate. You're making a total mess of beard HQ here. I have to set the place on fire. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's silver dollar pancakes, so I could do a lot of them. But um, I mean, that amount would you do 100 and, over 110 minutes is solid. I th- maybe I'd be around the 80 or something. Uh, yeah, they're not bad. I mean, one will be better, by the way. I'm just I'm talking about the pancakes, not his, um, his fat. You never thought you'd going to attempt it? Maybe try it? Or is it just no? That one, I, I don't think that contest exists anymore. Some of these contests, they, they kind of, uh, some of them are, are stalwarts and they're around for years. Others are, um, are, are kind of occasional. But um, 
No, I, mean, I, w- I would totally do it on because I'm actually pretty strong with um, carbohydrates and so something like a pancake does not require much technique. So I would totally do it. But um, I that, that in my the last season I did 2019 pre-COVID there, there was no pancake contest. There was an able skiver contest, which is like a little pancake ball, but it's the middle of fucking nowhere, so it was like three planes away or something. Right. Okay. So I couldn't be bothered. Basically, long story <laughs> short, I, I thought I would go to an easier one where there's a bigger payout. Do you want some uh, some Guinness Book of World Record pancake facts? Not really, because I fucking hate Guinness. But I know you do. You me. mentioned it before, but we'll um, we'll mention them anyway because it just pads this out a bit. I guess. Sure, what is, let, me get, <laughs> let, let, let me guess the guess the first one. Like most pancakes eaten while hopping on one foot to <laughs> dancing to fucking Dexys Midnight Runners. Is that in there? It's not. That's very oh, that's awfully specific. Is that one that you want to break? <laughs> you could just make them up, can't you? You can just do what you want. So this one is the largest pancake. So the largest pancake was created in Rochdale, Manchester, UK. Ooh. In 1994, still stands apparently. Good Not the pancake, obviously. It had gone off ages ago. <laughs> um, by the Cooperative Union Limited, measuring at 15.1 metres, which is 49 feet and 3 inches in diameter, and 2.5 centimetres, so 1 inch thick. The pancake weighed 3 tonnes, which is 6,614 pounds, and took more than just a frying pan to flip over. So the... Um, they're implying that obviously you would see the image on the website that I'm looking at. It's a giant. It's like two cranes that they had to use to flip it over. Wow. Well, how do they cook it? I have literally no idea. That's like your biggest question about the Uncle Buck one, isn't it? I think you should go check out that binging with Babish video and see I how mean, he does I it. I know how you could cook one. Yeah. I just don't know how in Uncle Buck it, it, it's just it's already cooked <laughs> it and it's appears. on the damn it's it's on the, the kitchen counter. Yeah, it just appears, doesn't it? Like Maybe he slapped it like that video we mentioned. He slapped it enough <laughs> times to cook it. Slapped it like 6,000 times. <laughs> it would be probably more messy, though, if you just slapped a bunch of pancake mix together. <laughs> uh, most tosses of a pancake in one minute. So the fastest flipper may well be Australian celebrity chef Brad Jolly. Don't know why it says may well be. Like, Is it implying that he didn't break the record? Who knows? I, I can't believe you didn't say fastest tosser. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, who holds the record for most tosses of a pancake in one minute, notching up a so far unbeatable 140 flips in 60 seconds during an event in Sydney in 2012? He probably is an absolutely cracking tosser because, like, to have wrist strength to do that, yeah, take something exceptional, yeah, exceptional. Um, the highest pancake toss was by Dominic Kuzakria. Made a monumental flip measuring 9.47 metres, which is 31 feet and 1 inch, at the Walden Galleria Mall in Cheektowaga, New York, USA, in November 2010. Pretty sure I butchered wherever that location was. But yeah, that's a pretty high flip, man. High toss, even. I've been there. Cheektowaga. Cheektowaga, you've been there? Yeah. Any good? You see like a giant pancake just stuck on like a like a, I don't know, scraper. Didn't I think I a building. I think I had a pizza challenge there, actually. One that you won money at as well. I think I won like 100 bucks. Or it was a team that's like 150 bucks, I think. One more certain I did. It's near Buffalo, I think. All right, okay. Fair enough. Which is also kind of near Canada. You know, Niagara Falls and all that. Yeah, I'm just trying to see what other facts we could do. Uh, Most people tossing pancakes. The most people tossing a pancake in the air. So the biggest collection of tossers ever (laughs) recorded. There you go. I've got one in. Um, Of course, it's in the UK as well. (laughs) It's 890 and um, was achieved at an event organised by the University of Sheffield in Sheffield, UK, back in 2012. While a total of 930 participants attended, 40 flippers had to be discounted due to either dropping their pancake or not managing to toss their pancake within the allotted time. That is the most... I'm completely ambivalent to that, that, that <laughs> fact. That's terrible. I almost went to the University of Sheffield, though. 
I said so did I actually, yeah. F- happy as fuck that I didn't, because it's an absolute shit over place, Sheffield. <laughs> Apart from if you live in Sheffield and you listen to the podcast, we love you. And if you're Sean Bean, because if Sean Bean listens to this, which I, I'm sure he doesn't, but if One he does... Day, he might. Oh man, I, can't I would love to do some food. I would love to do a video. Like, forget the podcast, man. I want to do a video with Sean Bean. Before I die, if I could do that, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all for. Can I, can I attend said video just to see him, <laughs> please? Yeah, you have to be, you have to do something though, like operate a camera or something, <laughs> lens cap still on or something like that. <laughs> um, right, okay, I'm gonna, gonna move on because otherwise this turns into a pancake podcast and that's not what we are. <laughs> um, do you want to know how to make? You mentioned not in terms of how to actually make it because I couldn't tell you. You don't understand um, how Buck has managed to, you know, cook it. But do you want to know the ingredients? In case you do decide Flour, to make a giant one. and milk? Oh, yeah, not obvi- obviously, but you would need to use 300 grams of plain flour, 200 grams of caster sugar, 450 milliliters of milk, nine medium free-range eggs, 100 grams of unsalted butter, and 15 grams of vegetable oil. To make the one in the Uncle Buck movie? Apparently. This is what I, I've just read this. This is, um, so, We're this isn't me. We're coming back to prepared thing again. This is coming from the 80s kids website that we were on about before. Let me just make sure that this is literally what they have said. No chance. It's kilograms, maybe? But you probably wouldn't read that, no. No, you wouldn't. What the hell are they all about? Maybe grams, but they've missed a zero off the end or something. I, I don't because know. Because it literally says here, you'll need to buy 300 grams of plain flour, 200 grams of caster sugar, 450 ml, which all sounds like regular sort of, maybe to make a double batch of pancake, normal size pancake. Basically add a zero to the end of all those ingredients. Yeah. 450 milliliters of milk, nine medium free-range eggs, 100 grams of unsalted, but yeah, they've missed a zero. They've got to because 15 grams of vegetable oil and then they've put yikes after it. Like that's like a terrible amount of, they've missed a zero. Because yeah. apparently the grand total, it would make three very large pancakes enough to feed 10 people. So they've just basically done a basic, a simple pancake recipe. And then got it wrong completely and never well, read it out wrong. So cheers to the 80s kids website. <laughs> we're not coming back to you we're not coming back to you um, and then yeah the clown bit you love the clown bit we'll round it out by just talking about the clown so um, yeah again proving that he's a morally sound bloke his uncle Buck he doesn't well, want a drunken clown I, yeah but I did think when you, this is what I was thinking when you said he's morally sound I did think is morally sound punching a clown in the face regardless of his protecting the kids yeah but I mean he, he, after he's made these pancakes for uh, Macaulay Culkin's birthday he he uh, He's, he's, he's booked a clown, or I think his mum had booked a clown before um, she left. And this clown turns up and he's half, you know, he's essentially he's hungover. Been to a bachelorette party and turns around and says, if you need any dildo jokes, I'm your guy. I'm pretty sure he says dildo, which he is does, like yeah. a bit of a shock that in what's basically a kid's film, that he just drops the word dildo in there like quite quickly. Yeah, you wouldn't make that joke, would you, if you're a kid's uh, if you're a clown specifically for kids no. even if there were no kids there and at that moment in time because he's outside the house but yeah Uncle Buck res- resolves to just smack him in the face he thinks fuck <laughs> this man I can't I can't deal with this this type with, of clown with the comical like, sort of noise and he comes back he kind of rocks back and then comes back up which means either Uncle Buck can't punch or he's this clown is to some degree elastic <laughs> rubberize the clown. Which would be really worrying because that implies he's got some sort of like superpower and you just can't beat him up. <laughs> he's like Mr. Fantastic. Um but yeah, that's that's it, folks. That's 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 the pancake scene. 
Um, it always, you know, well, I've, I've only watched it recently, but it made me want to have giant pancakes. I don't know about you. I get that request so often. Like when I start, it's, it's rarer now because I've not really, I've not really been doing too many like homemade giant things, right? But whenever I do, people will be like, oh, please do the pancakes monkey book. And I would love to do them. I just don't know how, I, I think you would probably need a, a massive pizza oven and I don't, I'd, I'd end up losing my head because I wouldn't be able to flip it, and I'd be too stressed about flipping it and breaking it. Yeah. Um. So unless you could, you could design a device which kind of grills it from the top and bottom somehow. Uh, Are you asking our listeners <laughs> if there are any engineers out there? I know there were lots of YouTube channels where they make. Been trying wild to send stuff. you in your PO box this giant pancake cooker slash flipper. <laughs> well, maybe you don't send it to me, but if you got one, you could potentially invite me to to where it's at. God, there you go. You can get inundated with engineers offering. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Elsie, you want to say about Uncle Book? This could be our shortest episode yet if we if we round it out now. That's an, that, yeah, but that's not a bad thing. That's an achievement, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, we've done two back to back, and we're both uh, slowly losing his minds. But yeah, watch it, folks. If you've not watched it, don't be like me and wait until you're 28 to watch it. Watch it. I mean, if you're older than me, then you've already surpassed that, aren't you? I guess. But watch it. Watch it for the, the genius of John Candy, a really kind of a young and talented Macaulay Culkin, um, and the rest are pretty middling cast, which uh, don't really do much. But um, the story's good. It's heartwarming. It could be like a Christmas movie almost. I wish that if yeah. they'd done a sequel, it would have been cool to do one like at Christmas or something. I'm surprised they didn't actually. I know you said it was bogged down in a little bit of... Um, they made some unsuccessful spin-offs and all that shit. Yeah. But like, I'm surprised, that, especially at that time when sequels were a big... Big earner for studios, you know, late eighties, early nineties. Surprised it didn't get a well, sequel. He passed in ninety four, didn't he? So maybe there was a chance maybe in the for works. a sequel. Yeah, oh, it makes it even more sad. I know. R.I.P. John Candy. We, Did uh, you just like stretch your arm out to try and give me a cuddle? And no, I was, I was, I was uh, <laughs> fiddling me, with your pocket. Me, just, just sorting me, sorting me back out. But I mean, if you want a cuddle, we'll do it off podcast, mate. Okay. <laughs> so we go to the outro. Let's. I didn't really highlight the fact that I brought pancakes in today, but I had they were a bit they were a bit dry. I, I feel I like just you, left them. Normally, when you bring the food, you you you're not shy, and you've you've probably had like two mouthfuls. Uh, Eddie Hall would have eaten more than you. And that's I'll eat something. them before I go home. It'll be my before I get back in the car and get booted out of the HQ. I'll quickly snack on them. <laughs> yeah, you can lick all that fucking maple syrup off the table too. <laughs> oh, can't wait, can't wait. Um, so yeah, that is episode thirteen. So if you are just joining us and you've skipped to this bit, which is a bit weird, I'm not going to lie, folks. Why would you do that? We have just recorded back to back twelve and thirteen and put a one week break in between because Beard is traversing Canada. Is, uh, you said that last time, man. I, know. I ain't doing no traversing. I'm, <laughs> if I'm traversing it, I'm doing it in a vehicle. <laughs> Do you know how big Canada is? What do you think I'm going to get my fucking skates on and start fucking cross-country skiing and shit? I thought that was what you were going to do, like try and get from A to B across Canada, eating eating as you go. I don't, I don't bloody know what your plans are. You think are. it's like man versus wild or I, something? I, I'm just a bit jealous because I've never been to Canada and I would love to eat some authentic Canadian poutine. Would be would be my go-to. Oh yeah, there'll be plenty of well, I'll, I'll, I will consume some poutine. I've got a shirt that says poutine on it, so I'll probably take that with me. <laughs> I'll go back to the site of my um, my performance in the 2019 um, World Poutine Eating Championships. Probably my favourite contrast ever. Enjoyed that one. That was where I beat your boy, Matt Stoney, that I mentioned earlier on. Can't handle his gravy like us Yorkshire lads, eh? Exactly, that was a superpower in there. I said, make sure you put bags of gravy on this, lads. And that's, that's what got me through. Yeah, chips and gravy are just basically any kind of like stodgy carbohydrate type food with gravy seems to fun, be fun fact though that that was a that was the only contest i've ever been at and being booed 
Oh, when, I, when, I, when I entered, yeah, yeah. So they, they did an interesting thing. And I, it was on TV. It was like a little televised thing. And I do like a little jig as I'm walking. Because I was pretty confident going to that contest. I thought it would do well. Like a boxer. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, you know, they introduce you, come out to the music. and Well, not your own. I would love to have my own music. But they're just playing an all-purpose, probably royalty-free track uh, as people come out. And I come out to the crowd. And like a lot of people like, yeah. But then the, the, uh, there's, there was an intense part of the crowd that was booing i think it was the kind of commonwealth connection you know boo the brit <laughs> yeah like they, the Can a canadian guy i know darren thomas who's the the top ranked canadian here obviously he's their homeboy right so he got a big cheer and i expect that but i did i was the only one that i heard that was booed i didn't hear many americans being booed <laughs> all right guys leave me alone i just want to eat some poutine <laughs> i just got on stage and fucked their boy up no, no canadians beat me in that contest let me tell you I was going to say, if you could tell us about that, but you, you just did. Yeah, you sorry, 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 all you Canadian sorry listeners. Sorry to all the Canadian listeners, yeah. <laughs> I did the, it once. The, a, a, according to cliche, you're all quite, you know, friendly and apologetic, and you'll be fine with my terrible, terrible accent. <laughs> yeah. So, if you are thinking of listening to our podcast, I don't know why you, you're currently listening to it, but maybe you sat somewhere or trapped somewhere, or your, your captors are making you listen to this, and you thought, <laughs> after a while, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome has sunk in, and you're like, oh, you know what? I quite like this, so when I do get out of here, I might listen to it as well. <laughs> so if you want to, uh, you can find us just by searching for Movie Mouthfuls Podcast on your favourite podcast provider. Say it every time, but why are you not already listening to it on your favourite provider? I'm getting fucking sick to death here and you say that. I mean, just listen, to, wherever you want to listen to it, listen to it there. Um, make sure to subscribe and follow on said provider. We've also, as I mentioned, on episode 13, we're sort of pumping them out on YouTube as well. So if you want to subscribe to that, we might do something a bit more visual in the future. Who knows? Um, so, you know, if you want to stick YouTube on while you're at work or whatever and have it playing outside, you can do now instead of using a podcast provider. Go right ahead. Um, make sure you subscribe there. And uh, yeah, give us a star review on Apple Podcasts. We, we had some fantastic reviews that I read out in the last episode. Obviously, I can't read out any new ones because we're literally recording these back to back. So, Oh, really? You haven't mentioned that yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a point because I'm sure someone will miss the fact that I've said that we're recording them back to back and be like, well, I sent it in a review and you never read it, but you said you would. Like, we'll read them when, when Beard's back in the future and we do episode 14. If there's any new ones, we'll give them a read, preferably of the five-star variety so we can get in front of more people. Um, so yeah, do that, Apple Podcasts. You can find us over on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as a collective at Movie Mouthfuls. You can find myself over at Twitter at thefilmfella underscore and also, as mentioned before, on YouTube under the film fella where I talk film and TV and stuff. Beard is never the one to sort of toot his own horn, so to speak, but he is available on everything under Beard Meets Food. Is that I've been correct? known to toot, but yeah, today's not the occasion. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> his I'm battery's like, slowly wearing out, I'm, so I'm yeah. trying to round this up. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those cheap batteries, not the Duracell, like extra life kind. Like one from supermarkets. Yeah, one of the old grand Costco <laughs> fucking batteries here, man. If you want to send us any questions or you've got anything that you want to say, you can obviously message us on any of those social media channels as plenty of you already have suggesting other food and films that we can check out on TV shows. We'll get to them. Ones that we don't recognise, we'll add to his list. We've already got a big list that we're going through and we're trying to pace ourselves, which is why we are doing some of the, the big hitters that some of you are asking for. We will get to them, we promise. But you can also email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com um, if you want to support the podcast, Q Beard moaning into no! yeah, there, there you go. It's like that um, scene at the end of Indiana Jones where they all melt when they see the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the Goblet of Fire. That's not right. That's a different film. That's just meshing films together. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it wrong, film fella.
It was, it was a joke. Um, the patreon.com slash movie mouthfuls. You can donate a couple of quid if you want to. And um, A couple? It's gone from last week <laughs> asking people for a quid. Now it's a couple. Of, what, what next? You're asking people for their fucking pay packet every week. <laughs> you know, pounds, fine. Whatever you want. Just um, it'll sustain some sort of item for the podcast that we can improve upon. Pay for my table will be cleaned yeah <laughs> maple syrup is very sticky i might leave it there and just lick it off next week oh wow <laughs> so i'll know if you've actually got the canada or not yeah hey, you'll be drinking real stuff from sauce won't you soon drinking t- <laughs> real stuff from sauce <laughs> i will judge from here <laughs> um, if you want to support us and you want to actually own something for your support then if you head over to moviemouthfuls.bigcartel.com you can grab yourself a shirt or a mug so which you can probably spit out in delirious laughter and you know when we say something that's just so funny you can be like drinking your tea or your coffee and fire it all over your best friend or your missus or your car or your co-workers at the office and then they'll be like, oh, what's that mug? And you'll be like, oh, Movie Mouthfuls podcast should listen to it or probably shouldn't but anyway, <laughs> you can get one <laughs> From moviemouthfuls.bigcartel.com. Uh, if you use the code mouthfuls, you'll get 10% off. I'm trying to just make it as cost-effective for, for everyone involved. So, um, yeah, give that, a, give that a whirl if you want some merch. Big thanks again to Lee for all the music on the pod. Big thank you to Damon again for the artwork. It's amazing. Thank you so much. We'll be back very soon once Adam's come back from Canada. Not sure what we're doing next. But until then, remember... Um, an alternative word for balls is testes, testicles, nuts, juice bombs. Uh, I think I'm out now. Plums. Plums. <laughs> Macaulay, man. Like, you should have should have asked us, even though <laughs> it's the past. It is the, the distant past. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. See you in a bit. Peace. Man, we need coffee or something next time we do two I'm back not to back. I could eat a fucking I could eat a jar of Vaseline right now, I'm not joking. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song from That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song, or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to That Song from That Movie.